Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome, JC. Thank you. Welcome, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Mac's in studio because we're at home. And I have my coffee, actually my milk-flavored coffee, or my coffee-flavored milk, yep, my coffee-flavored milk with me, and I'm just so excited to be in studio because we have so many things that we can do and so many great things that we can provide for you in studio that, that are kind of curtailed on the road. And, uh, JC, you got short. Look, we're like the same height. <laughs> no, we're not. Woohoo! I feel big. <laughs> I'm way too happy today. Maybe because we're going to talk about Ruth Bader Ginsburg today. Woohoo! We're going to talk about um, replacing Ruth Bader Ginsburg and a little bit about her legacy. Because, you know, JC, what we have today, what is it when people die? All of a sudden, they're like the greatest of all time and and even actors if they are musicians if they die at a young age i mean mm. that wouldn't qualify for for ruth but if they die at a young age then all of a sudden you know they're the best that has ever lived and what is the that's the james dean effect the, thank you thank you i wasn't going to say it out loud but the james dean effect what exactly mm. is that the james dean effect i i don't i don't get that you got any theories on that one? No. No? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, I certainly, I, I understand the deification of RBG because yes. that's, she's already deified, right? Yeah, it's bonkers. It's, it's crazy. What's amazing, hey, while I do this, let me, let me, YouTube just reminded me of some housekeeping we got to do re real quick. Remember, if you get booted from YouTube, we are still here. So come back in. It's one of their mechanisms to kick you out and to stop our show. So while you're here, while we're thinking about it, while you're talking about it, hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe, and share, share, share. If you share it right now, we will actually be able to undo the AI's effects or at least diminish the AI's effects to, to cancel, counterculture, cancel our show. Uh, where you're likely headed in this episode, you won't undo the censorship effect. I don't you know. speak ill of... RBG? Yeah. Yeah, well... How about if we just f speak factually about RBG? As well, a matter of fact... I think that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> and I repeat myself. But I actually have an article at chrisannhall.com uh, called Ruth Bader Ginsburg's True Legacy in Her Own Words. Hmm. And I wrote this some time ago, guys. And because I just... Oh, no, I know when I wrote this. I wrote this when I found out that they were going to do that movie about RBG on the basis of sex. And I saw that little movie trailer where Ruth, where the judge says to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, counsel, the word woman is nowhere in the Constitution. To which 
RBG, the young RBG, the actress RBG. By the way, not RBG herself. Because I actually looked up that case. No, this, this exchange never happened. Never happened. It's I, fantasy. You guys know, I'm, I'm a ball about original sources. So when that came out, I was so put off by it. I actually researched, found the transcripts from that case. Not only... Did Ruth Bader Ginsburg and that that whole conversation not happen? Uh, Ginsburg didn't actually <laughs> even speak during that case. Right. <laughs> she didn't even speak before the court in that case. So she says the judge says, um, um, "Counsel, the word woman is nowhere in the Constitution." Canada in the house. And. Uh, and and the actress playing Ruth Bader Ginsburg and set, returns and uh, looks at him and says, "Well, neither is the word freedom." Dramatic pregnant pause. Your Honor. <laughs> yeah, that's First how it goes. Amendment much? Yeah, right. First Amendment much. I love that little dramatic pregnant pause in there. Your Honor. So I I just thought that was something. <laughs> I don't uh, know uh, whether the writers. I'm illiterate, Your, Your Honor. Honor. <laughs> well, at least the writers of this movie were illiterate. Yeah. No, actually, Christina, I did not watch the movie. Yeah, just the I trailer. watched the movie trailer. But we read the transcripts of the yes um, court case that the movie th that scene allegedly referred to. Yes, to, to discover. Yes. That it was completely false. It was completely. She false. was not even part of of the arguments. Yeah, I mean, she was involved in the case. Yeah. her law firm was involved in the case, but she was not involved no. in the argument before the court. And, and I mean, I looked; it was just crazy. Judge I was never like, said that. She judge never none. said that. Mm -mm. No, whatever. no, whatever. So, what what I want to point out. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome in, by the way, our our international audiences here. Yay! Got, we I, have I lots people, of international. Audience, I was going to say I don't know they people, just don't chime uh, in. Yeah, I don't know if people uh, knew that. I mean, we've had a pretty decent following in Canada for quite some time now. Oh my goodness, we have a uh, religious following in Germany, in South Africa. In uh, you mean South Church people watch it. No, 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 no. I don't mean church. Oh. I mean like they watch regular. They watch religiously. Gotcha. Thank you. We have people who watch religiously for many years from Germany, I South Korea, South Africa, um, even some places, Dubai. I'm thinking that a <laughs> lot of these places are military people. Right, because yeah. I I don't think anybody in Dubai is actually really. Hey, you never know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's a lot maybe. Of, well, Dubai is probably not a good example. I mean, Poland. That's a very international place. Yeah, Lots of businessmen true. and everybody of all walks of life. In Poland. Dubai. Well, we know Poland listens because right. they took my article on the right to keep and bear arms and used it as an argument to add that to their constitution. Yep. And so, and and no, I I actually do know they used my argument. So, so yeah. Yeah, really, really excited about all this. But I just want to, I thought we'd lay the platform because, J.C., the whole argument is how do we replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg, right? And I don't want to replace her. I mean, not with a copy of her. Right. I want to replace her uh, position, 
her the vacation. I want to f- how how put it this way. I want to fill the vacancy that her death caused. Yeah, not replacing her. No, she's not the measure of what's going on. No. Here. Oh, but you would. You listened. I walked in here, JC, and you guys have got to rescue me. JC is making me watch Fox News on a regular <laughs> basis. I don't know. And I'm starting to feel guilty about it, JC. I'm thinking, okay, you know, the radio show is what we do. And professionally speaking, I should be more in tune with what's going on in this. You well, you want to know and what arguments are being made. Yeah. I just, oh, but it's so nauseating. It um, is. It is. They had, the, uh, what's the guy's name? The one you were on. Nick Neil Cavuto had. Some lawyer from a firm talking about all this stuff. It's like, wow, where do you get these Okay, people? so I'm walking in the studio, which everybody knows is a room in our house. And the five is on the television mm-hmm. as I'm walking in. And they're like s- just drooling all over. Oh, in memory. One of the females. And I don't know anything about these people. But I'm assuming because they're on Fox, they're held up to be somewhat conservative, maybe? I don't know. You tell me. Are they supposed to be conservative on Fox, on the Five? Most of them, yeah. Okay. So one of the females, like, well, in honor of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the magnificent work that she Mm -hmm. did, I want to just let everybody know about a a woman that that influenced my life. You know, Mm -hmm. obviously not (laughs) RBG, but, you know, I'm like, okay. First and foremost, I just want to lay this out there, J.C. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was always, from day one, a political activist lawyer. Mm-hmm. From day one. From the day she became a law student, she was a political activist lawyer. And I don't know if I can be just so bold and brazen to say... That's why she was picked to be a Supreme Court justice, to be a political activist judge. Do you think that you could argue with that? No. In her confirmation hearings, uh, there was this sort of smokescreen. Okay, remember Bill Clinton nominated her, and there was this sort of smokescreen argument Um from the progressives that she would not be left enough. Oh. Particularly in the area of abortion. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, only because of her re- no, 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 professed the, no, religious smoke beliefs? Sc- no. Smokescreen. You missed the... Oh, no, I got that. But I yeah. mean, the people would buy it because of her religious I, I have no family idea. No, nature. I have no idea, but it's it, it's how it's it's how they do this so you put forth the fake argument uh so that then it looks like oh well the the really crazies don't support her so she must be fairly moderate Mm. right so it's sort of a fake out because i remember that happening i mean who who could argue that somehow ruth bader ginsburg is not progressive enough And I was oh, listening no, to the man. conversation. Uh, I think it was NPR, and they were having the conversation, and they were they were even chuckling, like, "Well, who could who could doubt now 
and now she's a progressive hero. So, th- but that that's was my kind point. A, she was always that way, right? But that I was think, the reason why yes. they picked no, her. No, absolutely. So that's instructive when you know that, and then see how they argue in the midst of the confirmation. Right. So you can learn how they try to fake you out mm-hmm. with this I- these insincere arguments to make you think. She's not as radical as she really is. Right. I, I still see those same techniques over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, it just sets up that hypocrisy, right, of... I mean, you look at oh, the same thing with Kavanaugh. Trump is picking Trump people and stacking the court. Right. Well, we made well that's this the whole purpose. That That's the whole political paradigm for... For creating judges, you right. know, for, for filling judges. No, but you remember we made a similar observation with Kavanaugh. So Kavanaugh, who yeah. was not anywhere near a constitution. No, they called him a Jeffersonian, right. okay? But but <laughs> as it went but as it went on, the attacks against him were so heinous mm-hmm. that it drove even greater support for him. Right. So right, it was right, a way right. to I mean, if you think about it, a guy who would not there were lots of constitutionalists that were not real big behind him. But then even they got behind him as a as a reflex to the hard push from the left. So it's similar sort of games that go on every time where there's such a hard reaction this way that it makes you move this way to get that guy through. Michael Vincent. It's all circus. Michael Vincent said that that the media lied about her last words. Her last words were, uh, I'll get you my pretty (laughs) and your little dog, too. But seriously, though, I mean, we don't even have to make up the stuff about who she was, right? Because in this article that I have called uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's true legacy in her own words, uh, what I did back in 2012, she did an interview with Al Hyatt. Is that how you say that? Al Hyatt TV in Egypt. And they interviewed her to ask her uh, for advice that she would give Egypt in writing the Constitution for their newly formed government, right? And her reply to these questions gives us insight into her thoughts and understandings of the Constitution. Remember, because the Supreme Court justices say, I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States without hesitation or mental reservation. Mm -hmm. Now, that's even, seriously, that's even more emphatic than the president's. Right. That's even more emphatic than the president's oath of office. And so... When she was asked about this, she said, and I quote, because I actually transcribed the whole thing. I can't speak as to what the Egyptians experience should be, she said, because I'm operating under a rather old constitution. The United States, in comparison to Egypt, is a very new nation, yet we have the oldest constitution still in force in the world. Okay, now. Immediately, she is denying its value because it's too old. Right. Which Not because it's lasted so long because it works. And not because its principles are yeah. timeless, but because it's too old. Now, at that time, that was probably a pretty dangerous analogy to make even for Ginsburg, considering how old she is, right? Yeah. If you're too old, you no longer have relevance. Well, <laughs> okay. Okay. 
So it, she also said, quote, you should be aided by all the constitutional writings that have gone on since the end of World War II. Mm-hmm. I would not look to the U.S. Constitution. The progressive. Yes. I would not look to the U.S. Constitution if I were drafting a constitution in the year 2012. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting, J.C., is she says you should be aided by all the constitutional writings that have gone on since the end of World War II. Yet yeah. she denies the importance and the relevance of the constitutional writings that took place to create our Constitution. Right. The people that actually wrote it. The people who actually Ignore wrote it. those writings. Ignore those writings. But look at writings during the progressive era to get your direction. You know what's interesting, JC? That so whole progressive era post-World War II, mm. I would love to see somebol- somebody do a really good study of that because um, my webs- on uh, chrisannhall.com we have that, uh, that article, Stolen Education, Stolen Children, Stolen Future. And the progressive takeover of our school system, although began in the mid-1800s, really kicked into gear post-World War II. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I just wonder, you know, how, how that would all work out. And, and the churches really got on board with progressivism after World War Two because of. So I read this article in Time magazine about how World War Two scared the mess out of everybody, made them lose their brains. And so they were willing to do whatever was necessary to to have peace. Mm-hmm. So she says, quote, I might look at the Constitution of South Africa. That was a deliberate attempt to have a fundamental instrument of government that embraced basic human rights. They have an independent judiciary. It really is, I think, a great piece of work that was done much more recently than the United States Constitution. And she says Canada has a charter of rights and a freedom and freedoms that date from 1982 you would most certainly have to certainly look at the european convention on human rights now i have read the constitution of south africa Mm -hmm. i've actually had the unique pleasure of speaking to a supreme court justice the chief the chief supreme court justice of south africa and he and i have discussed the shortcomings of the South African Constitution, Mm -hmm. to which the majority of those shortcomings rest in their Declaration of Rights. So I don't know if Ruth Bader Ginsburg never actually read the Constitution of South Africa or if she just hates our, hated, I guess in past tense now, our Constitution so much that she, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and and most of those, the so-called human rights, the listing of human rights are actually property demands yes of of special interest groups from others right basically advocating the confiscation of property Mm -hmm. that doesn't belong to you that's that's a bulk of the i mean there are a couple of things that you could look at that you know protect the liberties of individuals which our constitution does if it's followed right you don't need all this other stuff that they throw in there that is basically uh veiled marxism yeah yeah confiscation of private property well absolutely because that's what they call human problem one of the yeah well not only that to your stuff right and i and not only that the constitution of south africa 
builds a a rights based around government provision of services. Mm-hmm. So right. you have a right to something. You have the right to the government providing you with this. You have a right to the government providing you with that. And all of these rights are substantially based around government provision, not rights based around rights given to you inherently, yeah. uh, rights that exist by, by the nature of your creation or birth or whatever. And they call these things human rights, but mm-hmm. in reality, plunder. they're plunder, right? So, But we can also glean from her statement here that Ruth Bader Ginsburg does not believe that our Constitution was a deliberate attempt to embrace basic human rights. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. We we have to go to these other documents because our Constitution doesn't embrace human rights. She says now. She she actually talks about in this interview the writings of our founders, mm-hmm. but only to misguide as to their purpose and application. She says, quote, uh, we were just tremendously fortunate that in the U.S. that men that men who met in Philadelphia were very wise. It is true they were lacking one thing. That is, there were no women as a part of the constitutional conventions. But there, women, there were women around who sparked the idea, right? So she goes on to say, John Adams, who was one of our first presidents... And instrumental in the Constitutional Congress, his wife Abigail was very well known and intelligent, said, quote, Now, John, when you write that Constitution, please remember the ladies. Now, that's not actually a direct quote, but they put it in quotations anyway. Mm-hmm. And he wrote back something amusing. He said, quote, Are you suggesting that women should be a part of the political community? Look, if we do that, everyone will be claiming the right to vote. 12-year-old boys will be claiming the right to vote. He treated it like a joke. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the Internet is, is a really amazing thing because you can go find that cor- those correspondences in like three seconds. Mm-hmm. And you can discover by reading those correspondences Number one, that Ruth's not being quite honest with her presentation of that. And if you read those correspondences, you will see that, not, that, that John is not discounting the value of women. What this really is, is a playful banter between a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Because John, of all people, who corresponded regularly with Mercy Otis Warren, who sought the advice of Mercy Otis Warren, who sought the advice of women in our culture, along with Thomas Jefferson and George Washington. These men were intimately familiar with with the value of these women. Right. That John was sort of like J.C. and Chris Ann, and J.C.'s like, yeah, right, Chris Ann, right? When, when in reality, we're not actually talking about John Adams discounting the women. And I wanted to give you a quote by one of the famous women of that day. Her name is Hannah Winthrop. And she's writing to Mercy Otis Warren, by the way, January of 1774. She says, And be it known unto Britain, 
Even American daughters are politicians and patriots and will aid the good work with their female efforts. Now, I have a class at LibertyFirstUniversity.com. We'll just go ahead and put that up there. Well, I have a class up at LibertyFirstUniversity.com uh, all about the forgotten founders, where I will show you woman after woman after woman that was not only valued but recognized for their value yeah. and wielded significant in influence and input. Thank you for those words. Wielded irreplaceable i think mercy otis mercy otis warren was one of the uh one of the writers of the federalist papers anti-federalist anti-federalist papers yes. among other things yeah um so she had a significant voice in politics which is why i'm wearing my women of real courage t-shirt today from godgunsliberty.com with the picture of mercy otis warren on it and it has a quote by mercy that says we will stand against tyranny today or our children will bow tomorrow i think a relevant one you have i i don't remember uh if this is up anymore it used to be up there for free but uh Rights ver you did a little video rights versus benefits because yeah, we talk about that's these, on the YouTube channel human rights right to education it's all right to stuff free stuff that somebody else has to provide so right. when, they, when they make this obligation that government provide it to you you're entitled to it right that means then this authorizes or legalizes plunder where that if that has to be given then the government has to take has to rob from someone else confiscate someone else's property in order to provide this uh to someone else yeah ruth actually made which is obviously contrary to individual liberty ruth actually made a statement in this interview she said a constitution as important as it is will mean nothing unless the people are yearning for liberty and freedom if the people don't care then the best constitution in the world won't make a difference so spirit of liberty must be in the population. So uh, she gets it. Yeah. She gets it. She just, she is so blinded by. Not anymore. Well, she was so blinded by. And now all of this deification of her. I would love to see people take this, this article that I have uh, on the website, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's True Legacy in Her Own Words. And start spreading it around so people can actually see who she was. She was not someone that loved America. She was not someone who loved the Constitution. She was someone who loved to promote her ideologies at the expense of the Constitution. So to be clear, she was advocating against the Constitution uh, in a foreign country. Yes. Which I believe at that time was controlled by the Muslim Brotherhood. Right. Uh, that did not like women against her <laughs> power. oath of office. Yeah. Which you argued at the time this event. She should have been uh, impeached. Should have been considered an impeachable offense. Should have been. Yes. She should have been impeached. And when you take the class at Liberty First University dot com on the on the American judiciary, you will also see that judges do not hold lifetime tenure. Now, a judge can actually serve for their lifetime, but the tenure of their appointment is based on good behavior. Yeah. And our founders, you know, the people who actually created the judiciary, described good behavior as not being an activist judge. Mm -hmm. So this statement 
to the Egyptian people, to a foreign country that said our constitution is not worth following. I don't know if that could be treason, but nonetheless, it is definitely bad behavior. And in my humble opinion, was the was the icing on the cake on why Ruth Bader Ginsburg should have been impeached. And I suspect your article would be labeled as fake news. All of it draws it's basically transcripts of her it is transcripts of her own words so yeah so watch that by the way oh it was funny because i posted uh a little short the the day she passed i posted her picture and i posted a two sentence two or three a two or three sentence post on facebook ruth bader ginsburg has passed away I hope she finds Jesus. She found Jesus before she left this earth. Mm -hmm. Do you know what pops up? Oh, no. And then I said the November election just became exponentially more important. Mm -hmm. Do you know what pops up every single time somebody looks at that Facebook post? What's that? A fact checker on the November election. For what? uh, In regards to what? The fact that I mentioned the November, uh, my, my post says the November election became exponentially more important. And then the fact checker comes up, learn the facts about the November election. Which gives the implication, without saying so, Chris Ann is a liar. Yeah. When this I didn't is, even this talk is a about the November who election. false information. Exactly. Just having that fact check implies mm-hmm. something was said here that's not so. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So um, that's the that's the uh, so the version of censorship in your world Mm -hmm. that would be called the chilling effect. Yep. Right. So this is how, again, obviously, they're not not government. Right. Exactly. But but it's the same technique that within within the realm of First Amendment law is what is the chilling effect when the government does that. So this is same, which is essentially a bully tactic. Yeah. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It's not enough to just simply say she was an activist judge. At this point in time, you're going to have to know why. Because the building of of her deity and legacy uh, is going to be an overpowering thing. So know the arguments. What I'm just saying is it is what it is. Yeah, She's just, gone. Just know the arguments because we these, know they're lying. Yeah, but you <laughs> see that we understand that. But you see, that's going to be the standard to fill this vacancy. Uh, well, I. I, I don't think. Well, that may be the standard that the left wants, but mm-hmm. too bad. That's that's not going to be the standard. And, you know, in practice, I understand what you're saying, but. Sorry, they got 51 votes now. Even Romney got on the Trump train and <laughs> Trump's going to nominate. Yeah. They're going to vote. That's I think, it. You know, I think Romney now, they're knows gonna push, they're where gonna push his this. bread is buttered. Yeah, of course. No, we, we said Trump train. And he got that? on the Utah train. No, I, I'm 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 just saying that tongue in cheek. Well, you but know. Kay Daly will tell you that the people of Utah have had enough. No, of, of course. Romney, no, so. we already said this on the previous yeah. show. These are all political considerations. That's I, right. I just That's said right. that That's as right. a joke. Yeah. In other words, he he was a guy who voted for <laughs> one out of the two impeachment articles against the president and, you know, has been trashing the president. So which is that's the irony of it with Romney is 
here is a a a, a president who he declared is unfit to occupy the office. Yet now, a guy he thinks is unfit is fit enough to nominate a Supreme Court justice that that he says he'll vote for, right? So that goes to the point of what we said the other day. Mm -hmm. These are all political uh, considerations. So at at way back when, as he was as he was sort of uh, trying to put his finger in the air and figure out where Utah was, he surmised that a majority of his supporters were against Trump at that time. Mm-hmm. Now he, I think he's since figured out that he's wrong. <laughs> you think? And so here he's changing his position yeah. based on, again, political considerations. So, the, the, and I heard, I don't even know, one of the idiots from Fox saying, uh, well, maybe it's, you know, he's principled and that's why he seems like he's all over the map. No, he's a hypocrite and a liar. And trying to operate by political expediency is why he's all over the map. What? Same, same as Collins, same as Murkowski. Um, so it's pretty much a done deal. Uh, President Scott, he said, he basically says it's going to be female. He's got his eleven nominees on that list, and they've got fifty-one, which they only needed fifty because because Pence is the tiebreaker, so they could still win even if Romney does not support. But now they got fifty-one. And it's not even a matter of what what uh, Pence is going to do. Unless one of them. Even if Romney changes his mind again. Unless one of the more than one changes his mind. You know, you never know. I'd like to see it happen, though. Thank you, Dark Blaze, for your super chat. Dark Blaze says, when a fact checker comes up, you know it's <laughs> accurate. Hello. That's right. Yeah, right? Because, well, we've proven those things to be stupidly wrong to begin yeah. with. Did you want to do this? Yeah I, yeah, I was just going to say we Okay, you go know, ahead. We, you do that. We I don't were, know. Uh, we were in um where am I? We were <laughs> in Kansas with this guy. Yeah. Which some people might know. I am not sure, but anyway, we were in Kansas with that guy. And uh if he want if he wants to say who that is, that's up to him. But anyway, shout out to the guy in the middle. To the guy in the middle. Well, you know the guy on the well, it depends on you on the right and the guy on the 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 gal right. on the left. So, so there you go. <laughs> Shout out to you out there. So uh, <laughs> you you did that. It's what just I like just quit? Like uh, I don't know. Just have a contest. Yeah. Who's the guy in the middle? Who's the who guy? can figure out who that guy in the middle is? All right. So here we have JC. We have eleven female nominees. Yep. Now what I did. Uh, unbeknownst to JC, I actually researched who I thought were like the top four. Okay. So I researched them. And a lot of times people are like, we can't know anything about these judges. Sure you can. Yes, you can. Now, let me tell you something. It's harder to know about your local judges than this. Mm -hmm. And what was interesting about this, JC, these people who are on the list... Uh, the majority of them have already been confirmed by the Senate, right? which means the transcription of their conversations with the Senate are available online. So you have yeah. the, the questions. Not only that, OK, you also have because a majority of them hold 
various federal judgeships right now and right. different positions right. where they had to be confirmed. Not only that, do you have the Senate Judiciary confirmation questions, but for every single one of these except one, I found transcripts of Feinstein's questions and answers to them mm-hmm. for their appointment to the federal court system, which was really, really interesting. So I'm going to start. You've got this up there in, a, in an order. We're just going to go ahead, go in your order here. Okay. Um, oh, how did that get moved? I did. Oh, did you? Go oh, ahead. Okay. So we have Allison Eide. Is that how you talk about I her? I actually, I'm not sure how to e- pronounce Eide? it. Eide? I don't know. Okay. And e- so. E-I-D. E-I-D. Not I-E-D. I know. I know. I almost. An explosive. <laughs> Improvised explosive device. I know. So I know. she's an so, explosive improvised device. Yes, right, right. All right. So the the interesting thing about her is that she is self-described as a new federalist. She believes in new federalism. Hmm. And new federalism means the transfer of certain powers from the U.S. feds back to the states. Great, awesome. Well, I don't know, okay? Um, She's actually the one that I have the least amount of information on. But what's interesting is that's (laughs) what Feinstein accuses her of being, right? This new Federalist. So apparently she's... What's interesting is all these ladies were wrote academic articles at one point or another, and that's what Feinstein and the Senate bring up when they ask him, right? Right. What are you doing? Nothing. Oh, okay. And so uh, what we have then is Feinstein is accusing her of being a constitutionalist mm-hmm. and that she believes, well, to Feinstein, <laughs> yeah, how the text was understood. The question is, do you believe the text is to be understood at the time, at, to mean what it means at the time of the founding? Okay. Uh, yes. Well, Yes, we do, obviously. But what she published Mm -hmm. in her academic writings versus what she says to Feinstein and the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, is very, very troubling. Okay, so I, I, this is me. I know. This is my position on hearings. Hearings Mm -hmm. are garbage. So Mm -hmm. I want to know what she, what did she write? No. That's what I would look yeah. at. Yeah. Okay, right. So she wrote, that's why I said she could be because remember the standard is the constitution, but if we're going to put it in terms that people understand. Mm-hmm. She would be more Gorsuch than the rest of any of the women on this list. Wow. Okay. Okay. Let's and she she graduated from the University of Chicago Law School in 1991, Mm -hmm. which means that she has a resume that's pretty impressive. No, she has a substantial resume. She law law clerked for Clarence Thomas. She was a speechwriter for Bill Bennett. Yes. I mean, so, you know, she certainly has the conservative bona fides. But everything that she wrote, and I didn't actually plan on doing her first, so a lot of the background that I have Sorry, is in the other ladies. Hear. But everything that she wrote uh, is is pretty good with original intent, mm-hmm. 
uh, with um, uh, understanding how the Constitution is to be applied. Okay. But then she defaults once again to precedent. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, that just makes me very nervous. But then Gorsuch also defaulted to precedent as mm-hmm. well. And we're seeing that Gorsuch himself is not afraid to go against precedent. So right. that's why I said, like I said, I had the, uh, of the questions that we have for her, because she didn't write as much, she didn't do as much as the other ladies, they didn't have as much ammunition against her. The only real ammunition that they get have against her is the Marquez Smart case. Okay. Okay. So, you know, I asked you if you knew about Marquez Smart. Right. So, do you want to do that? or? Uh, just, so, it's a young man was fleeing from a shooting, a club, like a, a club shooting or whatever. Uh, the police thought he was the, he was the shooter. They chased him. Uh, they stopped him. He was on the ground, face down. His hands were stretched out. And then one of the police officers shot him while he was... Uh, face down on the ground. Well, yeah, and I think... And so she ruled... Well... So she opined in that case what? Well, the, the, it's a little bit more complicated at, 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 than that because they were actually shooting at him yeah. while he's running away. Right. So you have two officers, you have three officers involved, three officers shooting at him while he's running yeah. away. But he finally gave himself up by laying on the ground, putting his hands out. And yeah. then one of the officers continued firing and shot and killed him. And yeah. that was the that was the sort of crux of the lawsuit that his parents brought. And they claimed, the officers claimed, the three officers claimed that he had a gun in his hand right. as he was running away. But no other witnesses, including other officers, said... Uh-huh. That, as a matter of fact, other witnesses, including other officers, said we never saw a gun in his hand. And so she was on the the majority court that dismissed all the constitutional charges against all three officers. Based on qualified immunity? Based on qualified immunity. Right. So she which is, supports... Which is going to be a huge... Yes. Even if she has... Uh, or, or maybe they can clarify if she changed her mind or where she's at now. Mm-hmm. But that is certainly going to be an issue that yeah. is a huge hot button issue right now. Yeah. So what I thought was pretty crazy about this majority court opinion was that the court said, and I wrote it down, actually, the law did not provide fair warning that it was unconstitutional for the officers to fire on a fleeing person they unreasonably believe to be an active shooter. So it's one of those cases, again, where the court agreed Mm -hmm. this was unreasonable. It shouldn't have happened uh, at, you know, the the guy shouldn't have been shot. But there's nothing we can do about it because the officers are immune because the law doesn't specifically say that they can't shoot people in the back. Right. Exactly. And so which that's the continual strange arguments made under qualified immunity. Right, exactly. So these, what they said, now this is how qualified immunity works, they said that the officers did not violate any clearly established law. Right. Like you have to have, that's mine, you probably don't want to drink that. You don't have to, you have to have a clearly established law that it's unreasonable to shoot a fleeing person. Right. 
which is just ridiculous. So that's a problem that I have. Now, I so will say. So she may not even, I, in, in, in speaking of the nomination, she may not even, like that. that's a mark against her for even being right. offered up. Because right. if they know, if the Trump administration knows, that's going to be a huge problem. Because, by the way, you have, you'll have Republicans like Rand Paul, like mm-hmm. Thomas Massey. Um, uh, well, Massey's, Massey's in the House, isn't he? Or is he? I don't know. Yeah. But Rand Paul, uh-huh. um, the other guy, Amash, he's a sen- mm-hmm. is he a senator, right? No, he's, Maybe a he's, house. In the house. he's so in the House. So at least Rand Paul right. and I think a couple of others that uh, it's a problem for them. Yeah, So they're absolutely. not going to risk, they're not going to risk nominating somebody that still is saying no no you you can't yeah. you can't try officers that shoot people in the back even if they if even if they're guilty but of the four That's people that we did she was the most constitutional most gorsuch yeah gotcha. i don't you know i don't say no, constitutional but no the most gorsuch right so the next one that i did it's very interesting bridget bade i actually went i mean i have two pages of you know, front and back pages of notes on her. I actually went back after I wrote it and put a big capital N-O mm-hmm. by her. Now, let's be clear, because there are not just women on this list. Right. But it's but, been said that it's going to be a woman. But it's been said it's going to be a woman. And that's political because of course they want to re- eliminate, number one, this idea that, that Trump is against women. And number two, they want to give... They want to eliminate the argument from the. Yeah, they want it. They want yeah. as uh, as few arguments toward right illegitimacy right as possible. Because one of the arguments obviously is going to be this is illegitimate. Particularly if he lo- if he if Donald Trump were to lose reelection, then there would be this whole argument hanging forever of this is an illegitimate uh, placement on the Supreme Court. Right. So they're trying to reduce as many of those things as possible. Right. So I'm looking at her and the majority of her background is all civil law. OK. And mm. so it, it's a little bit difficult to discern what she has. But I thought was really interesting is that in her application or her answering of questions to the uh, Senate, because remember, you have the Diane Feinstein questions, but then you also have the Senate questions. Yes. They asked her to and give. She, she currently sits on the Ninth Circuit. The Ninth Circus. Yeah. The 10 most significant cases they asked her to give were all cases she was involved in that were settled. Hmm. That she actually never even rendered an opinion on. And uh, the they are all. What's interesting is is even when she did decide on them or dismiss them or something like that, it seems to me that there was a huge l- leaning towards corporate power. Mm. Okay? So uh, there's a case. Oh, and she defends civil asset forfeiture, which is why Uh I said no. Now, she's definitely a Republican because in her history, she held a Republican fundraiser. Mm -hmm. Uh, She is notorious for defending government action. Okay, so she's one of your establishment Republican. Yes. Big government Republican. She Thomas. Clarence Thomas, maybe? She's probably Clarence Thomas on steroids. Yeah. So uh, she defended civil asset forfeiture in 2018. Hmm. Uh, So um, 
Yeah. Bad choice. Bad choice. And she's probably a weak. She probably does not have a, yeah. a good chance of so being nominated. I went back and said, no way, Jose. We don't want somebody that's that borderline statist. Can, can we look at Amy yes, Coney Barrett she's next? Actually she's next. probably the front runner. She's by, actually next. According to insiders. Yes. So Amy Coney Barrett. Okay. And we should point out that Barrett Barrett was the one up for nomination at the time of Kavanaugh, but. I uh, forget the name now, but one of one of the individuals in the Trump administration um, pushed for Kavanaugh mm-hmm. and they went with him instead of her. Mm-hmm. And apparently she was told you're you're still up for w- an open seat in the future. Yeah. Particularly if it's a woman. Right. She was apparently told we'd like to replace you. We, we would like to replace um one of the female justices, you know, when that comes open with with you. Right. Which obviously would have been the implication would have been a reference to um, Ginsburg. Right. I mean, because that was the only upcoming one that they could possibly be talking about. So that's one of the primary reasons that people say she is likely the front runner. Now, she's right. already been through uh, confirmation for the. Uh, Seventh Circuit, the Court of Appeals of the Seventh Circuit, and she was attacked. She went through a nasty confirmation hearing right? Uh, with the Democrats attacking her, number one, uh, because of her position against abortion. And then number two, I mean, they were they were just straight up openly attacking her because she's Catholic. I mean, just mm-hmm. just a straight up religious bigotry on full display uh, where we haven't I don't we haven't seen uh, stuff like that for many decades yeah yeah so let me give you a little bit of her case history um she she actually found against the army corps of engineers on a wetland case in favor of private ownership Excellent. Which is really good. Uh, but she sided with a business over a pension case. But in reality, and, and the Alliance for Justice, now remember, I, I like looking at the dissent. So the mm-hmm. Alliance for Justice would be an anti-conservative group. Right. They were really hard on her for siding with this business over a pension case. But really what it was was contract law. So they didn't really have a choice. The contract was written in such a way they had to follow the contract. So she was not. She followed contract law. Yes. She followed contract law. Now, um, she is a strongly precedent judge. Mm -hmm. And I mean a slave to precedent. In, In the mold of Antonin Scalia. Yes. But I would say more like. As as Kavanaugh, hmm. right? Uh, she is a pro-government person, too. But so was Scalia, and most people don't realize that, right? She clerked for Scalia. I saw right. a lot of Scalia in what she did, mm-hmm. but almost to another degree. Yeah. Okay? Um, she was asked, do you believe, and, and they call her, Diane Feinstein calls her an originalist, but she's actually a textualist. 
there's a difference there. Because an originalist is like Gorsuch, we're going to go back always to the founders. A textualist says that the words of the Constitution predominate and not the words of the founders who wrote the Constitution. Mm -hmm. So she said, she was asked, do you believe it may be unlawful for a judge to follow precedent that conflicts with the Constitution's original meaning? She was asked this on September 13th, 2017, and she said no, that a judge must follow the Constitution, that must follow precedent, even if it conflicts with the Constitution's original meaning. Except in, quote unquote, exceptional circumstances. Yes, they can. Oh, well, a court. Let's put it this way. The Supreme Court can overrule itself. In exceptional circumstances. Mm -hmm. But lower courts have absolutely no authority to overturn Supreme Court opinions. They don't even have an authority to question Supreme Court opinions. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, what came up was this this interesting so thing. Very, very strong leanings toward precedent. Very. Uh, came across a term that may come up if you guys watch these hearings called super precedent. As yeah. if precedent wasn't bad <laughs> enough, we actually now have terms super precedent, and I'm not lying. You guys are going to think that I'm totally making this up. Super precedent and super duper precedent. <laughs> Those are actually terms, legal terms. Super precedent and super duper precedent. Super duper uber funky double donut precedent. Double dog dare you, triple dog dare you precedent. <laughs> Now, what's interesting, JC, when I did the whole research on this super precedent thing, I found a familiar name. Yeah. Do you remember Judge Dick Posner? Mm-hmm. He's the guy who coined super precedent in 1976. Wow. So if you don't know about Judge uh, Dick Posner, you need to go watch my video on YouTube uh, that's titled... Uh, we must question federal judges because uh -huh. Dick Posner is the one who said that he saw no reason why any judge should have to spend one second of one minute of one hour of a day studying the Constitution. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what a super precedent is, is a precedent that is so effective in defining the requirements of law that it prevents legal disputes from arising in the first place. Mm. That's like super duper supremacy. Okay. It, and even if these disputes arise, they are inclined to be settled without litigation because the word of the court says so. My boy, super smart. Super smart. Yeah. So, but the point is, this is super duper judicial <laughs> supremacy. Super. Super duper <laughs> sup judicial supremacy. Uh, <laughs> now, where Gorsuch I, if, said, from my point of view, if a judge says, if if a judge uses, or any lawyer for that matter, so if a judge uses the term super duper, mm -hmm. they should lose their judgeship immediately. Yeah. Well, it's like you're banned from even saying okay, the word. So Super duper. When they talk about, when the conservatives talk about Barrett, they talk in terms of Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. 
they talk in terms of religious rights. Correct. And that's what the left does, too. Yes. Problem is, she is not going to be a Gorsuch on these issues. She is going to be a Robert slash Kavanaugh on these issues. Precedent. Because not only precedent, but she has absolutely come out and said, number one, Roe v. Wade is super precedent. Yeah, so this is the rope-a-dope. Yeah. So all based on, because uh, she was faculty at Notre Dame Law School. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's all the idea of she's a Catholic. Scalia was Catholic, by the way, who right. she clerked for. Uh, so so there, I, I think there's a huge portion of the Republican Republicans that think this she is the chance mm-hmm. for overturning Roe v. Wade. Right. You, you would suggest nothing Absolutely. indicates no. that's the case. In fact, according if we take her at her word, right, many many times over, yes, that's not what's going to happen. She will not overturn Roe v. Wade. Yep. She will not overturn so Roe if that's, v. Wade. So if that's the sole uh, sole reason mm-hmm. that anyone thinks Barrett should be on the court, that's probably not a good reason. Now, although she doesn't reflexively side with the government in criminal cases, Mm -hmm. she is pro-qualified immunity. Okay, there you go. Okay, so she's not going to overturn Roe v. Wade. She is going to be a Clarence Thomas. So the other one that's uh, the other one in conversation now is Barbara Lagoa. Barbara yeah. Lagoa is from our neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. She was on the Florida Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just... She is now in the U.S. 11th Circuit. Right. Yeah. And just uh, yesterday or day before, just, just you know, since Ginsburg died, um, she has been the topic of a conversation in the Trump, uh, in the Trump administration. Donald Trump... Um, mention her specifically and Mm -hmm. and, you know and and again it's this is a political consideration in this case because she's from florida she's from miami specifically she's a Mm cuban-american florida is is a swing state florida is one of the most critical swing states and so trump president trump was really excited yeah apparently by all accounts at the potential for having her uh as the nominee right but according to reports as they began to research and dig into her, uh, it's reported that President Trump became less enthusiastic about her pick. And one of the one of the main things. some indication that she may be polarizing as far as the electorate is concerned in Florida. So the initial excitement 
kind of toned down a bit. Well, I think it's even greater than that, actually, because I found something else. Okay. Okay. Now, let me just be honest with you. Before I found this other thing, she's actually my favorite. All right. She's actually my favorite. Um, she, she, or, or she was the more originalist than th- of of the ones that we found. Even more than EID. Um, maybe not more than EID, but I I just didn't get the flavor that EID was really actually a legitimate. You know, uh, they're not. They're like not. You like her, but they're not going to nominate. Yeah, they. I like her, but I'm not going to nominate her, and I'm certainly so, not going to support her because of you know, uh, her, the whole thing with qualified immunity. Because mm-hmm. that's that's a deal breaker for me. Now, she is hardcore precedent, like the other people. But again, mm-hmm. I have to. I I have to do I got to insert JC in my brain because like you said they're answering questions. Yeah, you can't trust anything that's said by yeah. a nominee at a hearing. Yeah. Yeah. You I mean I, it I can just, give you direction to research so that's good to have, good to look at. Mhm. But the most most uh, appointees are really notorious historically. Mm-hmm. For once they're once they're in position, uh, they don't follow what they said. Some, particularly some of the critical things. So they know the nominees go into the confirmation process knowing this is simply a political hurdle that they have to jump. This is just a show being put on by the rep, by the uh, senators for the voters. It it really doesn't have much meaning. They can figure out whether or not they're going to get fr- confirmed or not. Uh, and they they just say what the committee wants them to he- wants mm-hmm. to hear uh, as a general rule. Now, what's interesting, JC, is what I liked about her was reading all of these answers of all these other judges for these questions. Mm-hmm. Her answers were so well crafted so powerfully crafted the rest of them sounded like whining apologists right Mm -hmm. and she was just really sharp really sharp really focused and really powerful in her response now one of the things that got me on her side from the beginning and you're gonna you're gonna know specifically why she actually while supreme court of florida um limited the appellate jurisdiction of the Supreme Court. Mm. So she looked at Article 5, Clause 3B of the Florida Constitution and said, the Supreme Court has a limited appellate jurisdiction. They only, and it's that's what's unique about the Florida Supreme Court. They don't, it's not like the U.S. Supreme Court. So, well, I guess it is like the U.S. Supreme Court, but we just don't follow it, right? Mm-hmm. So remember, the U.S. Supreme Court doesn't have jurisdiction unless it comes in Article 3. She says, unless the power delegated to the Florida Supreme Court falls in Article 5, Clause 3B, then they have no jurisdiction and dismissed a case based on lack of jurisdiction. So she is a solid rule of law judge. Yes. And to the limiting of judicial power. Yeah. Right. Which is like, whoa, right. Which is crazy and is incredibly um, 
out of the norm in Florida. Yes. Florida government runs on the r- law of rulers right. rather right. than the rule of law. So she's a tremendous anomaly, which mm-hmm. I think speaks to her character. Now, she is a Cuban immigrant, mm-hmm. and yet she supports the uniform rule of naturalization, in her opinions. Great. And she also, when she was a an attorney, represented... Uh, Elian Gonzalez's family pro bono. Wow. Okay. Not 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 the government, but mm. his family pro bono. All right. I personally feel so this Lagoa to me would be the slam dunk nomination, in my opinion. Yeah, probably. So the way they take all the political co- political considerations, yeah. I think she'd be a slam dunk. Except for, for one thing. Go which ahead. is why I think Trump is not going to take her. But just to fill, continue to fill you in on the background, she is, she's an uber precedenter, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because she's a rule of law person, yeah. and judges are, and lawyers are taught that the const, that the judges create law, which, right? Which, by the way, no, no senator as far, no committee member is going to have a problem with. No Democrat yeah. is going to. So w- we have a problem. Yes. Uh, people who support the Constitution ought to have a problem with right. precedent. But none of the people involved right. in this confirmation, that that is not a deal breaker for these people. Her words were actually Roe v. Wade is settled law. Yeah. OK, so for me, that was that's when I started going. Mm. But here's the real issue with that with the Florida yeah. Constitution Which is thing. another reason. By the way, when I said slam, I don't mean. Yeah. I I love this. She's no, no, she's no. the greatest. She's the pick. She's a I'm woman. Saying, she's a minority. She's the one that would be a solid lock. She's for not going to overturn Roe v. Wade. Getting through this process, yes, except for this, the problem with her opinion on the paying fines for felons uh-huh. is not the opinion itself. The problem is she violated the code of ethics to give that opinion. Wow. Okay. Because she sat on the Supreme Court of Florida Mm -hmm. when that case came through the Supreme Court of Florida, Uh gave an opinion as a Supreme Court of Florida of justice, and then did not recuse herself on the federal court when it came back through again. Ah, uh, so that's what I see. I said that's I, why they went. Ah, I said because I couldn't it's a figure huge out. Yeah. ethics violation, so and that it makes only sense. came forward uh, July twenty first, twenty twenty. Okay, that makes sense because I couldn't mm-hmm. figure out. I thought I I was thinking to myself, wait a minute, all these Republicans would support mm-hmm. th- that, like all 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 this sort of political. Uh, positions, the politicians, whatever, they would support this sort of anti-felon making them second-class citizens mm-hmm. for the rest of their life. That, like, that's a that's a popular thing in the establishment Republican circle. So I couldn't figure out why right. they thought that was a problem. So that yep. makes sense. Yeah, so she, and, and like I said, this just came forward on July 21st, 2020. So um, she could actually be looking at serious ethics violations wow. right now for this. Now, That's granted, JC, this is the same thing that Alina Kagan did and got yeah. away with on the Affordable Care Act. But the that, they're looking man. at real dangerous. They Which, couldn't put her up there anymore. You, you think you th- no? So she's probably out. Totally. She's out. If it hadn't been She's for out. that, she'd have been a lock. Yeah. I if tell it you. had not been for that, I mean, she should have. And not only she that. She was the first one Trump zeroed in on. Yeah. Let's get her. Now, now, not only that, 
what really dings her is when she was actually when she was asking or answering the uh, the Senate Judiciary Committee on her appointment in the Eleventh Circuit. Mm-hmm. She actually answered this question on point that she would recuse herself Ooh. if any cases from the Florida Supreme Court came up while she was in the Eleventh Circuit. Wow. So that's she, a really big deal. Uh, it is a really, really big deal. I know we're over time. Can I mention this last no, one no, before no. we get out I'm of not, here? No, no, no. I'm not limiting. Uh, you know okay. what? We're not, we're not sticking you, with the uh, hour anymore. Yeah, on I don't know if you uh, prepared this one yet, but this no. is another. Oh, hold on. we got to put her up there then. Yeah. So Joan Larson mm-hmm. uh, is, is probably the number, n- the number two. Mm-hmm. So Barrett and Larson are probably the front runners for coming out of this. One mm-hmm. of the comments, so when uh, President Trump, so so remember, they already made the sort of comments to Barrett back when, during the Kavanaugh uh, hearings. Now, obviously, maybe, maybe uh, they don't stick with that view now. I mean, a lot has changed in the administration, but by if you judge by the, that sort of conversation, mm-hmm. she'd probably be number one. And then when you looked at the president's comments, over the weekend, he was really excited about mm-hmm. Lagoa, which you've just laid out the problems there. That's right. probably not going to happen, and that that gives insight into why it's reported that he you know toned down after that. So this was the other one. He made specific he made a specific comment comment. There's referring to the judges or nominees. Mm-hmm. There's a great one out of Michigan. So no other no other justice besides these three has he made comments about like that. So she is. The other one. So if you figure Lagoa's out of the running, mm-hmm. then just based on that, you would have to say that, that she's at least the number two focus or or mm-hmm. whatever, co-number one. I don't know. But Joan Larson, that would be the second. Yeah. And she has a she has a um, I, I think as far as any of them, she has a massive resume when you look at. Uh, where she's mm-hmm. been, what she's done. She's on the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals at the moment. She was a justice on the Michigan Supreme Court. Remember, Michigan is a swing state. Michigan right, right, was right. one of the uh, states that uh, Trump stole in the last election and, right. is, and is trying to ensure that they do that again. Um, she was a law clerk for uh, Scalia in the Supreme Court. She was a law, court, Kirk, uh, law clerk in the D.C. Court of Appeals. Um, she's been in the uh, DOJ as the uh, as the deputy assistant attorney general, office mm-hmm. of legal counsel. So, uh, lecturer at university at Northwestern University. Uh, she was a lecturer and special counsel to the dean at University of Michigan School of Law. I mean, so the lady has a massive resume. Right. So this is this is one of the other ones. Yeah. Uh, that are that are there. Yeah. Well. Our, we froze I don't know why there. we froze, but we you froze can still there, hear so, us. Yeah. So anyway. So I haven't done my research on her, and I'm looking in the chat room, JC, and people are saying that um, she, um, that Lagoa is not out of the running, but well, here's because the Trump is actually still going to meet with her. Yeah. But, yeah, that but is that's a huge her, hurdle to climb. Her ethics violation is going to to make it difficult for even the Republicans to vote. Yeah, because here's her. the problem. What if that goes through? She's sitting on the Supreme Court, and the next thing you know, this lady 
is going to jail. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So well, she wouldn't go to jail, but she could be disbarred, which right. would be really bad. No, and this, this and just massive. the scandal of it. Yeah. And it would give it would give the Democrats the ability to do the impeachment that they threatened anyway. They right. put her on there. They impeach her they right impeach away. Her. So I, I and I understand. I know he is. They do plan to meet with her and talk with her. Uh, and, and that's just my opinion. I'm yeah. not saying that's the case. It's my opinion that that thing, the way the way you explain that, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, that would seem to me to be a massive yeah. hurdle. Yeah. Why would why would. And, and again, just from a political point of view, why would they subject themselves to having to deal with mm-hmm. that when you have several other uh, equally qualified candidates who you don't have to go through that? So remember, much of this, much of this is political consideration. It's not, it's not constitutional per se. So I, I don't know. Yes, she could absolutely be. Uh, still in the running for yeah, but possibility, that would be but I would be Mm-mm. shocked if that's the case. And the only the only reason I believe they would string that along as long as they could because of the same ray as to Michigan, misdirect. Florida. Yeah. Florida is yeah. a swing state, right? So you want to keep Floridians thinking that their person is involved, but, n- but if supposedly it comes we'll forward, know on Saturday. But if it comes forward of this ethics violation, yeah, uh, you know that's not going to be very good. I do want to answer two questions in the Facebook. It, it could come to nothing. Yeah, I do want to answer two questions in the Facebook chat room. Uh, why does this ultimately matter? The Supreme Court doesn't rule; it publishes opinions. <laughs> yeah, we know that, but it ultimately matters because not of how the government's supposed to work, but because of how it is working. Now, you know, I don't follow that. I, you know, that ideology. We got to do what's happening, but we do have to be wise enough to consider that this is how. This is this is how it, it works. And until we can actually make the changes that we need to make, then we have to we have to be sure to uh, follow, you know, do the wise thing in all of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This this matters. Yeah, this matters. Uh, I mean, you're, this, this is something given that, as you said, the way it operates, not yeah. the way it's supposed to operate. But right. The, but the way that the Supreme Court uh influences policy influences lawmaking um influences what happens in executive agencies right the the fact that when we get through this presidency if if this nomination goes through and i believe it will Mm -hmm. this presidential administration having uh pushed through three appointments to the supreme court of the united states I think you could reasonably say this has been one of the most, just in this alone, has been one of the most impactful and will be the mo- one of the most impactful uh, presidential administrations in American history. Right, right. You, you think about, I, I think, the George W. Bush administration with the Patriot Act, right, how that impacted the world. That mm-hmm. was tremendously impactful event out of that right. administration. Uh, Barack Obama administration, like the key thing was Obamacare. That's practically been unwound and and defanged for the most part. So right. there's really there is very little 
from a from a legal political standpoint, there's very little lasting impact mm-hmm. uh, from the Obama administration. I think you could say the same thing about the Clinton administration. A few things, um, probably the most impactful was the Monica Lewinsky scandal, right. uh, and, and and other other scandals. But this has a huge impact. This mm-hmm. you're talking about three three nominations here, three appointments to the Supreme Court. That is going to tilt the power, mm-hmm. uh, theoretically, in the court to one side for decades. You know, JC, decades. I need to pop in this here. This is massive. I have to pop in here because you see the Democrats running around screaming, stacking the court, stacking the court, stacking the court. That is a, is a chicken little kind of... Of things, Sta- I, people don't even realize what stacking the court actually means, mm-hmm. and replacing a position. Fi- let me filling an absent position is not stacking the court. Yeah. Stacking the court is creating new positions that do not exist. Right, increasing the num the total number yeah. of justices on the court. So the next question I have: Where does precedent fall in order of importance in law school? Well, the answer to that question is at the top. And that's how you get the terms like super duper. Yeah. Right. Super duper precedent. That's where you get plenary powers, uh, penumbras and emanations and all that garbage. And the judicial supremacy. I mean, I was reading these these questions and these answers. By the way, somebody asked, uh, what did I find out about Larson? I, I haven't had a chance to look into Larson. I will address her next time. Yeah. But uh, the um, the idea of precedent is so controlling that it actually sets aside the Constitution itself. Mm -hmm. And I'm reading through these questions, JC, and I am just flabbergasted because it's just reassertion that I would never pass through the confirmation process. No. No, because the the questions like, and I wrote it down here with one of them, um, questions from the committee, right? Questions from the committee and the answers that they mm-hmm. were given, right? It's never appropriate for lower courts to depart from Supreme Court precedent. Never, right? Mm. Um, uh, lower courts may respectfully suggest in an opinion that SCOTUS is inconsistent, inconsistent with itself. But to say anything negative about the Supreme Court is completely forbidden i you know and i understand it's it's a political hurdle they they know that they're just jumping a political hurdle but i just wonder sometimes i could not do it no i wonder and and that's why i say i wonder sometimes i mean you would think some of them would have character Maybe, maybe they think it's more important to gain that position and make an impact in that way than answer the questions to those but why why would why would someone not in response to that question, say, um, Dred Scott. Yeah. Uh, Komatsu. Korematsu. Korematsu. Yeah. I mean, why would why would pe- why would they not bring that up? I mean, that if, if it were me and they asked that question, I would say I would say a uh, senator. Are you are you thinking of a case like where the Supreme Court said it was OK to lock up Japanese people just because they were Japanese? Or are you are you referring to a, a court that said black people are a property? Which 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 precedent are you asking me that I think is sacrosanct? 
Yeah. Why yeah. would they not say that and just shut their mouths? Well, Lagoa actually said that, and this is not her, right? This is what's taught, that circuit courts can't even overturn their own precedent. Mm. That that has to be done by the Supreme Court and that it's the Supreme Court's authority alone. And these are the words authority alone to overturn itself, which is what happens when you leave what's supposed to be the supreme law of the land as the precedent. Right. Then it's then it's all this willy nilly, because what are we talking about when you think of a circuit judge can't overturn what even the circuit does. So you could you could be referring to. So let's say you have a circuit judge, some complete lunatic who who uh, decided on some case. This guy could be later disbarred, thrown in prison, mm-hmm. shown to be guilty of all sorts of things, yet his decisions remain as precedent. Well, but not only that, why should I have to bring up the, the Korematsu? Why should I have to uphold and, in, and require my local government by judicial opinion to forcibly put Japanese Americans into internment camps because the Supreme Court said so. See, the check and balance ought to be that I'm able, I'm a sentient, principled human being. I am not a slave to some higher court. I should, I should, and by the way, would, in regardless of the, degree, of the, the decree, would say no I'm going to be the one who says no at the local level. Right. Why? Because what that means is, right, this is how the court system works, JC. If the Supreme Court says that Korematsu is okay, and what I have is a sheriff or a local government throwing me into prison, I have to climb the judicial train right. to get to the Supreme there, there's Court. There's no one, right, which is... Why so do I then, have to go all the way to right, the top? Right, Why would you have to have years. any hearing in any lower court if the Supreme Court is the only one that can decide that matter? Why do you even have the appeals process? Exactly. There should be a whole list. Well, sorry, Supreme Court's already ruled on this, so there's no reason you being in this court. We ha- you have to go to that one. They're the only ones that can decide. That That's pure insanity. Yeah. I, the, the whole precedent uh, idea is, is just mind-bogglingly stupid. So, Ampleforth, thank you so much for your super chat. Ampleforth says, I hope Legault is the nominee, came from Cuba, hates communism. Yeah. She's actually an American with Cuban heritage. Right. So right? She's not, you said, I thought Cuban uh, immigrant. She, she she's, was a good, she's the child, child of, of Cuban, Cuban immigrants. She is the child of Cuban immigrants. And I wanted to, uh, so someone asked, whoops, someone asked <laughs> about us looking up. Oh, how we keep uh, looking up. Here, here, here's why, this is why we look, look up. So, uh, that's because we have two monitors stacked uh, on top of each other. Mm-hmm. So that, that's why they're looking. It looks like we're staring at the ceiling every yeah. now and again or yeah. something. <laughs> we, so we're, so we're, looking, <laughs> we're looking up at the top screen. Yeah. Okay. I wondered why you were taking that picture there. <laughs> that was just a really bizarre kind of so picture little, going on there. A little inside baseball. Yeah. There. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I, I actually, JC, would be happy if we had a third screen. 
over there. Yeah. I, I, there's so many things that we could move around and, <laughs> and, and manipulate, and I'm just so grateful. But, but Ample Forth says, check out Liberty First University. So I want to say thank you for that plug, Ample Forth. Liberty First University is at libertyfirstuniversity.com. It's where you can find your education on the Constitution, American history, and civics from an original source document perspective. Yeah. It's what we should be teaching our law students. It's what we should be teaching our children, uh, but we're not. Well, man, this has been uh, some good information, jam-packed show. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen anywhere else go into this mm-hmm. much detail. So, thank you for your research. Um, can I just, for me, can I just confess something for you, JC? I've yeah. been. I, 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 and I, you know, I, I pray about what we're doing and I see what we're doing. And I just felt for the last little while, my direction in this show has been pulled in the wrong way. And I made a conscious decision today to go back to our original perspective, mm-hmm. go back to who we are. We are a teach show and not a talk show. We are not here for entertainment, so the funny little stories and trying to be quippy, there are other people that can do that for you. We are here with a limit. Well, we do. We we are. But I don't want that to be my focus in finding things, right? We are here to provide you. Like you said, nobody else is doing this. Yeah. We are here to provide you with a service that is not being filled anywhere else. So, so, so I don't want to be somebody else. Yeah. I want to be no, us. No, it's good. It's good. It's been good. So, I, uh, it's a good question. So, from, so, from, so by all accounts, we take every, everything that we've heard uh, into account. Now, I don't know one, two, three necessarily in that order, but I can say the top three seem to be. Uh, and this wouldn't talking be about for the top, me. No, the top three potential nominees. So, yeah. so who will be nominated? Yeah. Uh, and it's just this just a guess because mm-hmm. apparently we'll know on Saturday. Uh, but but Barrett, Barrett Lagoa, uh, and Larson, who we Larson. we haven't specifically talked about. Yeah. Joan Larson. Yeah. But from and I think from all can... of the messaging and communications mm-hmm. going on. Those are the top three that are likely one of those will likely be the nominee. Yeah. And I would like to see uh, I would like to see uh, EID. Uh, I'd like to see EID, even though her role in Marquez Smart was in. And again, the qualified immunity thing is a total deal breaker for me. But I don't know if that she didn't actually write the opinion. Mm-hmm. And granted, she did not take the time to dissent. And there was a dissent. She mm-hmm. didn't sign with the dissent. But I'd like to little know a little bit more on why she she did that. Now, from the Marquez Smart case, you do recall uh, they did actually overturn the lower court yes. and send uh one of the one of the um police, police officers back down to be tried. Mm-hmm. But the whole so maybe yeah, that's guy, what she that didn't want to dissent because she wanted that other officer to go back before yeah, the court. Yeah, but the officer that actually took the shots when he was on the ground. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's the one apparently That's the one that's going to be, gonna be sent back to trial, yeah. right? And, and rightly so, I think. You know, and, 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 you know, there may be circumstances they can argue as to why, you know, well, he kind of wasn't able to stop or whatever. Why I don't know. They'll make an argument. But at the same time, I I think... 
to say that, no, no, you can't even have a trial for these guys right. because no matter what they do, they're immune. That's crazy. Right. So, yeah, he'll get his day in court. Let, let a jury decide. But it, this idea that, well, they, they just, even when they do something wrong, that, that's the crazy mm-hmm. part of quali- qualified immunity. You're not talking about, uh, you know, we'll try everybody no matter what, just th- throw all the cops in jail, that kind of thing. Right. You're talking about even when the court says... Oh, yeah, it was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. There was a violation of constitutional rights. Like the definitely. officers. But we can't do anything about it. Like the officers in Fresno that yeah. stole a quarter of a million dollars from somebody. Yeah. And the circuit court came, the Ninth Circuit came back, which would have been, who was that on the Ninth Circuit? I forget. Yeah. Larson? No, it was one of them were on the Ninth Circuit. Um, Ninth Circuit came back and said, uh, because there was no law saying that an officer can't steal from somebody that, again, remember, the standard <laughs> is did not violate clearly established law because we never told police officers they couldn't steal from somebody using a warrant. <sighs> you know, I mean, that's just the craziness, the absolute craziness. So, yeah. well, that'll I'm sure that'll be a topic of discussion yeah. in the, the hearings. Well, this was a little bit deeper of a show than we've had in a long time. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to new things and, and great things. And we went 90 minutes today. But I don't know how you can take such an important topic and put it in 45 minutes. Right. It's just For not sure. possible. So anybody who wants to know the truth, uh, this is where you need to find it. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you for... Uh, being with us. God bless you. We will see you tomorrow.